Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. Last week we started a new sermon series entitled Raise Your Voice. Raise Your Voice, and particularly we, st- we started with the application of raising our voice in worship. Uh, and some of the challenges that maybe some of us have when it comes to that, maybe singing out loud isn't your thing, or maybe singing out loud is your thing, but your voice isn't everybody else's thing, right? There's some different ways that that can be uh, challenging. But Jesus uh, speaks to us about what comes out of our mouth being something that is linked to what's going on inside of us, right? He said that out of the overflow of your heart, or out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And so there's something important for us to recognize that what God is doing and has done in our lives needs to be something that ends up being proclaimed and declared and something that is offered back to him in worship and in praise. And last week we were encouraged just in the idea of singing and responding to the Lord in that way. And I recognize that for some of you that was like, man, I can't wait to sing again. And you were ready and amped up for that. You couldn't wait for service to end because you were having this inclination that we were going to sing. And then others of you were like, please don't let us sing again, right? Uh, That there's a, a spectrum of where you are. Some of you have been comfortable singing in worship uh, or, or haven't been able to sing it uh, at all. It's, it's not your thing maybe in, uh, in, in the collective. Some of you sing quietly and the Lord is, is causing you or encouraging you to maybe sing with a little bit more uh, volume. Some of you are comfortable singing alone, right? All alone with the windows rolled up and hidden away. And some of you are being encouraged to, to add your voice to the chorus and the collective. There is a, a, a challenge in kind of taking steps Uh, of faith and growing in disciplines and following the Lord. And I just want to encourage you, transformation happens when you take steps of growth and when you take steps of faith. That there are these thresholds that happen in your development spiritually that you bump up against these places where the Lord says, hey, there's a little bit more and I want to encourage you to take this step. And there's like this, ah, just transformation happens as you go through those passageways. And so I want to encourage you to kind of lean in and press into those things. And as much as maybe for some of us last week, being encouraged to sing out loud, maybe that was a little bit uncomfortable for you, it doesn't get any more comfortable this week because there is a connection between not only singing out loud, but raising your voice at a higher level that is made in Scripture when it comes to honoring the Lord with the way that we would offer worship. And oftentimes it is referred to as offering a shout of joy or a shout of praise. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but like me, maybe you have read those types of verses where it says to worship the Lord with gladness and to shout to the Lord with joy. And I don't read shout as like shout. I just like refer it back to just worship the Lord and gladness and whatever level of singing I'm comfortable with at that stage in my life, that's kind of how I relegate it. And the reason why I think that is, is because shouting is typically uh, interpreted as negative. I don't know if that is your first thing, but if, if, if somebody started yelling or shouting out in the front entryway right now and, and service was disrupted, I don't think any of us first thought would be, man, there's something exciting going on out there. We would be like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. 
right? And some of you who would be kind of like shepherds and caretakers and, and take responsibility for protecting others, you would run out there to try to make sure that whatever was happening didn't encroach. And those of you who maybe wanted to offer comfort or care, you know, maybe would gather, you know, it's going to be okay, we'll figure it out. Like, but your first thought wouldn't be, man, something awesome is happening out, of, uh, happening out there. We have a tendency to associate shouting with conflict uh, shouting with fear or an exclamation of danger that something ends up being wrong. And that uh, is something that oftentimes is a learned response because oftentimes we hear shouts or exclamations and it's not really a good thing. Can I tell you that that works against loud people? That, wor- that works against loud people. I don't know if you know this about me, but I have a tendency to be a little bit more loud and a little bit more demonstrative in my interactions with people. Now, my whole family carries that same characteristic. Okay? I have three younger brothers. I've shared that with you before. My household was my mom and dad and four boys. It was always loud. And when we would gather together and when we talk and when we're all in the same room, it gets loud. And it's just because we're all trying to be heard and nobody's listening to us, right? So you just kind of keep, the volume keeps going up. And so uh, that's kind of the way that our family grew up. We were just a loud and we were a full of life household. But we would carry that out of the household into just regular life. And in particular, me and my three brothers were in Huntington Beach, California. We had gone into a Jack's surf shop, and we were just kind of perusing around, checking out shirts and board shorts, and we were checking out hats and trying things on. And we were showing each other brotherly love the way that the Hackbarths would generally do that, which means that we were talking a lot of smack. We were making fun of one another. We were kind of pushing and shoving a little bit, and we were kind of, we, we were just loud. And for us, it was all fun and games. It was something that we were enjoying. It was something that we wouldn't have even perceived as being understood in another way. But the owner of the store came up and said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You guys, you guys have to go outside. And we were like super confused, right? And he's like, you, ha- you, you have to go outside. And we're like what? like, what did we do? And he's like, there's no fighting in here. And we were like, What? And he's like, yeah, like, you guys, if you're going to fight, you have to go outside. And we were as confused as you are looking at me in the way that I set the story up, right? Because we're just like pushing back and forth and playing around and talking smack. But to somebody on the outside viewing that, he must have seen trouble often. He must have seen things happen uh, frequently. And he was already thinking this is going to escalate to a fist fight. And I need to get these guys out of the I got kicked out of a jack surf shop for just being myself. I know, it's surprising. But kind of that, that shout, that loud, that exuberance, we have a tendency, we, we slide towards it being something that is, is negative. Now, you all know what it's, it, what it's like to shout for joy. Okay, we, we actually know that, to, to shout aloud, even to uh, be, be somebody who shouts in excitement. Right? Those of you who are sports fans or some of you who got a great promotion or you were waiting for your grade point average to come back and there was just this like, yes, I did it. Right? Some of us, like we were, our shout of exclamation was that we barely passed that class by one percentage point. Anybody with me? Hallelujah. Amen. There's grace in the name of Jesus. Right? 
that, that we can shout in triumph. We can, we can shout and exclaim in wonder. I don't know if you've ever seen something uh, beautiful or if you've been to some type of uh, artistic expression or like a play or a Cirque du Soleil and they did something and you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that that was possible. And it was like there's this exclamation there. We understand what it means to like exclaim in victory. Uh, not many Bronco fans right now, but others, others get to exclaim in victory right now. But it's like, so, so we, we get that, we, we recognize that, but we've almost always mitigated that type of activity to sports, concerts, some other kind of like sideline secular type of expression of gathering. And for many people, it's hard to make the connection that we can somehow shout in the presence of God, that we can lift our voice in joy and in praise. And oftentimes it's because we're not really sure how to do that. And we're gonna be looking at how to do that this morning. Uh, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and uh, get it out. If you've got your smartphone or your tablet, I want to encourage you to open up your Bible app. Lord, we pause in this moment, and we ask you to prepare our hearts for your word. Lord, there's ways in our worship, in ways that we pursue you, that we're really comfortable. And there's ways that we are um, encouraged in Scripture that are a little bit out of our reach. So Lord, today, whatever baby step would be needed in myself and in my friends that would move us towards you, a step of growth, a step of faith, Lord, a step into transformation, Lord, give us courage to follow you in that. Give us discerning eyes and ears to hear and see the leading of your spirit, Lord, that we would receive the seed of your word, that it would take root, and that it would produce fruit in our lives as a result in Jesus' name. Amen. If your Bible's out and open, go ahead and go to Psalm chapter 95, and we're going to be spending most of our time in this portion of Scripture this morning. Psalm 95 is a great, um, it's a great template for considering how to bring about this idea of shouting praise to the Lord or shouting aloud to the Lord and wedding it with or connecting it to the idea of worship and even piety. Uh, kind of that ability to, to worship in, in awe and even a sense of quietness before the Lord because the psalm kind of draws all of those things together. And we're going to begin in looking at this link uh, through the verse 7 verses. I'm going to read these to you. You can read along in the version that you have. I'll be reading the NIV. But it begins with a collective call to worship where the psalmist writes, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And as Psalm 95 opens up, it opens up with a collective call to worship. And as much as you and I have to respond to this individually, we have to choose whether or not we are going to take a step and, and join the invitation. It really is a collective call. It's a call to the people of God, it's called to the body of Christ, it's called to the church or the congregation at large to come together and respond in specific ways to who God is and what he's done. 
And the verses that we read here, which is about half uh, uh, of the psalm, there's a few verses on the back side that you can look at that refer back to uh, an Old Testament context uh, or a, a Torah context. Um, the, the, the verses that we've looked at has two calls to worship bracketing the motivation. So if you look at verse 1, it says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. And then if you look down at verse 6, it says, Come, let us bow down in worship. And what's being connected here are all of these different ways to express worship and respond to the Lord in that way. And so you have, Come, let us sing, let us shout aloud, let us bow down in worship, and let us kneel before the Lord. And so there's these elements of like piety and kind of quietness and almost like a sober-mindedness before the Lord in that let's come and kneel before him, right? That's not going to be something that you're doing with a lot of fanfare. It's not going to be something that is eliciting a lot of kind of shouts, but there's kind of like this humility before the Lord. But at the same time, the call to worship before that is to sing to the Lord for joy and to shout aloud to him because of the salvation that he's brought. And so all of these elements of raising our voice and responding to the Lord are being drawn together into this psalm where it's being expressed together and to be understood and, uh, uh, understood and participated in. And one of the things that it does is, especially in verses 1 and 2, I want you to look at this. It says, come, let us sing for joy, right? And so we talked a little bit about that last week, the idea of singing out and worship. And some of you are like, okay, I'm comfortable with that, check. Some of you are like, hmm, I'm comfortable enough with that, I'm learning it, check. And some of you are like, I can't wait for more. But we're somewhere in there. We've got this idea of sing for joy. And then the very next verse says, though, to shout aloud before the Lord, to shout aloud. And there's this connection to it in the way that the verse is even structured to sing for joy and to shout aloud. And again, for me, a lot of times I just read that as sing for joy again, right? Come let us sing for joy to the Lord and then let us sing for joy to the Lord. That's easier. I'm more comfortable with that, especially if anybody's looking or watching, right? The very next verse after that says, let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him, to extol him with music and song. Do you know what the word extol means, right? Most of us don't. We don't use that frequently, but the word extol, the word extol means to praise enthusiastically. It's like turning it up. It's adding like an emotive expression to what's going on, where praise is something that's more than just even what's coming out of my mouth, but there's something in the activity of my person that is coupled with that. This would be something that in the context and in the culture would include maybe clapping or dancing or some type of other outward expression that would be going with what would be coming out of somebody's mouth. And so kind of in that, all of those things are being kind of wedded together in this. And there's this sing for joy, this shout aloud, and then praise enthusiastically. And we can all agree that that's there in the verse. And we can even say, yes, I'm ready to participate that in that. But our very next question is going to be like, well, how do I do that? Right? Any, any practitioners here? Any people who are, uh, it's got to be practical. I got to be able to act on it. Right? What, what do I what do I do with that? How do I do this? Okay, and this is where the awkwardness comes in. This is where kind of the trippiness comes in, in us trying to follow the Lord in a way that we get to participate in the full things he's inviting us to, and our lack of understanding and maybe even how to do that. Okay, so I'm going to give you a very uncomfortable exercise, right? We are going to shout for joy. We're going to shout aloud for joy, 
and I'm not going to give you any other prompt. That's it. You don't get to study for this, right? That's your prompt. I'm going to give you a one, two, three. I'm going to point at you, and then you guys are just going to shout for joy. Those of you who are joining us live stream at home or in your vehicle or wherever, you have to do this too, all right? So like make sure that the neighbors are, are prepared for whatever it is you're about to do. If you're driving, roll up the windows, save your, save your friends the, the, ha- the hassle. All right, so we're just going to, we're going to shout for joy. Ready? One, two, three. All right, that's actually pretty good, okay? But can I ask you something? What did you hear? Now, I don't, need you, I don't need you to answer. I just want you to think for a second. What, what did you hear? Like, each of you would be able to say, okay, this is what I contributed. So I heard a lot of woos, right? This is a first service. There wasn't a lot of woos. There was a lot of yes, some of that. I heard a Jesus, right? And that's like, oh, man, that was a better answer than my woo. Like, maybe I should have just yelled Jesus, right? Some of you might maybe just, like, mouthed it. You were like, like you didn't make a joyful noise, you made a joyful motion to the Lord, and you're like, the Lord hears my heart, right? But it, it, it's a little bit clunky, okay? It's fun. Most of you responded in a way you got a smile on your face, and there's a little bit that comes out of that. But, but one of the things that is missing in that and why it's a little bit disjointed is this reason. Everybody did their own thing. Right? When it's just like, hey, raise a, raise a joyful noise to the Lord. Some of you are like, well, I'm just going to woo the same way I would woo at any other con, uh, context. I'm just going to woo. You know, I didn't hear any yee-haws. I was expecting a few of those. A lot of times the cattle ranchers just go, yip, yip, yip. You know, they're just moving cows through or something along those lines. But it's like it, it, it had some volume to it. But there's something that is missing when it's not in unison and not uniform. And I I draw your attention to that because that, I think, in in the church is a lot of times why it's clunky. Because we're not really sure how to do it together. And and intuitively, we know that when we experience it together, there's something of great value and worth in that. That when we are collectively raising our voice. And that's actually what the psalmist is trying to do here. When he says, come, let us sing for joy. See, we began service with worship, and and we have a a set list. We actually put that out on Facebook ahead of time so people even know what we're going to be singing. Some people begin to sing and to get it into their hearts and get it into their lives before they ever even come to church. And then we come in, and we are led by our our worship pastors and our leaders, and and we all kind of join together. And there's moments where when we are singing and when we are contending for the things of God, like you can feel the presence of God. There are times where as a congregation, your voice and your chorus comes and washes out what's going on up here, where our collective sound is something that drowns out what would be like the professional sound in a sense, or or the, the sound that is leading us. And you can feel the presence of God, and there's weight to it. And the reason why is because we are joining together in unison, and we are pressing into the presence of God together. All of that is lost if when we came in and we said, let's worship the Lord today, today, and each one of us begins to sing just whatever song we felt like that morning, right? It wouldn't be in the same key. It wouldn't be in the same tempo. You'd have quiet and soft and pious songs, and you'd have kind of some raucous, like, let's smash the gates of hell type songs, and you'd have some joy songs. You'd have some clapping. You'd have some have waving, but you wouldn't have this collective sense of we are all moving into the presence of God together. It would be missing because we would all just kind of be doing our own thing, and when it comes to, like, shouting for joy, there are places where when we're all just kind of adding our own thing where that's helpful, that's healthy, and there's just like this cacophony of joy. And actually at this service, you guys did that really, really well. 
I think it's because you got to sleep in a little bit. Our, our first service, it was much more clunky and disjointed. And, and it's because everybody was kind of adding their own thing. But most of us, when we have that place, if, if a worship leader or a pastor says, raise your voice to the Lord, our first thought is like, well, I don't know what to say, right? I'm not really sure what to do with that. But everything changes. Everything changes when we do it together, okay? Because a collective shout is purposed, it's focused, there's power to it, it's got kind of, it's got volume, it's got depth to it. it, it comes to great effect, and in fact, in Scripture, when you see the people of God shout something in unison, it's at that, it's at that shout that the walls of Jericho fall down. It's at that shout that the army of Gideon routs the, arty, the army of the Midianites. It's at that kind of collective, we're together, and we're going to shout for the Lord, that something happens. There's something purposed and focused and something breaks forth. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to talk to you about three ways that we can do that as a church body, as a church family. Three ways that we can kind of take baby steps towards doing what scripture encourages us to do because this psalm is not the only place that says to shout aloud to the Lord or to shout for joy. In fact, scripture is littered with that invitation. But for us to kind of take a baby step towards being able to do that maybe in our own lives and to figure out how that works within the body of Christ, there's three things that we're going to focus on this morning. If you're a note taker, this is it. You've been waiting for this the whole time. Here's your three things. You're like, all I've got right now is that Pastor Ben's loud. He gets kicked out of shopping places, you know, and that we're all just kind of doing our own thing. Like there's got to be something else. Here's your three things. We're going to look at what it means to shout and praise. We're going to look at what it means to shout with expectation, and we're going to look at what it means to shout for victory. There's other ways in Scripture that it's talked about raising your voice and praising the Lord in this way, but these three ways are going to help us uh, to, to begin with, to shout in praise. In Ezra chapter 3, Ezra chapter 3, there's a place where uh, the, the temple has been rebuilt, the, the place of worship, the place of collective cultural identity for the people of God. It's been rebuilt. This happens in the time of kind of Ezra and Nehemiah, some Old Testament prophetic books, if you're interested in uh, uh, the, the historical timeline in that. But there is this dedication of, of, of the temple. There's this dedication of the house of worship that's happening. And here is the response that the people had. Starting in verse 11 of Ezra chapter 3, it says, With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord, and all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. So you've got this response to what God has done and what God is doing, and they're drawn to a place where they praise with thanksgiving, and they praise with song, but then there's this shout of praise that collectively that happens, this shout of praise to the Lord. And one of the things that is helpful for you and I when it comes to the idea of shouting praise to the Lord is actually to shout that phrase, right? And sometimes in worship, you'll hear somebody do that. You'll hear somebody say, praise the Lord. Sometimes you'll hear them say the churchy version of it, and it's hallelujah, I'm not sure if you've ever made that connection or if anybody's ever told you what that meant, but hallelujah just means praise the Lord. Uh, maybe you would have learned that back in children's church, right? We had a little song when I was coming up. It was hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord, right? And we'd, we'd have to sing it in rounds, and the boys would always out sing the girls because they were weak sauce. No, I'm just teasing. We lost most of the time. 
But it was something that I still learn from back then. That when we would, sh- we, would, we would shout hallelujah and praise you the Lord, and that's actually what we were singing just in, in two different ways. When the body of Christ comes together, when the church comes together, one of the things that we can shout that has kind of some volume to it and we can all kind of agree on is that idea of hallelujah or praise ye the Lord. And um, it's, it's uh, become something that is directed towards the Lord. And nobody has to be left out in these types of things. Uh, one of the beautiful things about Psalm 95, verse 1, right? As we've read it, we read it in the NIV version. It says, come let us sing for joy to the Lord. The King James Version, right? The old school King James Version translates that differently. Instead of let us sing for joy, which is kind of the way that we're being invited to, it goes to more uh, of a, a, a precise type of um, uh, understanding of the words being used there. And it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Uh, And I've always liked that because I feel like that gives permission for some of us who maybe we don't sing so good, like we don't have to get left out, right? We can all make a joyful noise to the Lord. And with that, we're going to do something together, uh, and I'm going to teach you a different song from Children's Church that I learned coming up, and it was a song called Make a Joyful Noise. And this is how it went. It said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And then our children's leader would say, and with a loud noise, and then right there, we got to just be as loud as we wanted. Now, I'm not sure that this was fully worship or if this was like we got to get the wiggles out of these wild kids because the Hackbarth brothers were all in there and maybe that was what she was trying to do but make a loud noise and we would all just be like right and the girls go and I don't know why they kept singing that song because that part alone would be enough to be like nah we need to shut that down But again, I think she was trying to get some of our wiggles out, but there would just be this yell there, and it would be something that for us, we would be filled with joy, we would laugh, and and, and we would kind of move on with that. It would have been much more productive that in that break that we were directed to actually say something, proclaim something, direct something towards the Lord, and that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to sing the Make a Joyful Noise to you, and then with a loud noise, I'm going to point to you, and you guys are just going to yell hallelujah together. Do you think you can do that? All right, we're going to warm up. So instead of yelling hallelujah, let's just say, see if we can pronounce it correctly. Hallelujah, one, two, three. Hallelujah. Okay, that's pretty good. Let's try it again. One, two, three. Hallelujah. hallelujah. All right, so make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Not yet. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord with a loud noise. Hallelujah. Rejoice, sing praises, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You still have to wait. With a loud noise. Hallelujah. Rejoice, sing praises, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Now, then we would speed it up. I'm not going to do that to you because then we'd be, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Like, it gets going because, uh, again, trying to get the wiggles out. But there's something when you say hallelujah together. There's something collectively where it's like I get to participate. There's something that comes up and out of me, and there's something where I get to add my voice. And then you, you can feel that there's something different in the room when we all say something like that together. Let's try praise the Lord. One, two, three. Okay, now, like, say it like you are going to remind the first service that the second service is better than the first service, but we're not going to be prideful or arrogant. We're just going to be truthful in love. Everybody with me? All right, so praise the Lord. Praise 
Praise the Lord. All right, that's pretty good. Now, like that, that has something to it. And it has much more value to you and I collectively than just like hooting and hollering and just saying something on our own. Doesn't mean that those other individual expressions don't have merit or don't have place, but it doesn't carry the weight that we all carry when we come together. The next thing that you can find in scripture is a shout of expectation. Now, last week when we started the series, we were looking at Jesus's triumphal entry and the conversation that he had between the Pharisees where he, he was told by them to basically shut it down, tell, tell your followers to be quiet. And Jesus says that if they're quiet, the very rocks of the ground will cry out. That creation itself is going to proclaim the Messiahship of who he was. And so the voices were not going to be silenced. They were going to be invited to that. We, we looked at that particular passage uh, at the triumphal entry all the other gospel writers also focus on the triumphal entry, but they don't focus on the tension between Jesus and the Pharisees as much as they focus on what the crowd was saying. And in all three other contexts, the crowd is recorded as saying, Hosanna, singing out Hosanna. Now, just like hallelujah means praise the Lord, if I said, hey, do you know what Hosanna means? Most of us would be like, I think it's good because I hear it at church a lot, right? I mean, it's, I think so. But we would be clunky with maybe understanding what it would mean. The word Hosanna means save. Like if you get it to the most distilled, narrowed understanding of it, it's save. And the way that it was used and the way that it was spoken of collectively and what it became kind of culturally was not just the word save kind of on its own, but a declaration that God saves or like a prayer of desperation of like save us. And so when the people were singing Hosanna before Jesus, all of those things were taking place. There was an expectation that salvation was imminent. There was an expectation that salvation was going to be something that was provided. And there was a declaration that God had already provided salvation in some form prior to. So it's a remembrance, and it's a looking forward, and it's a declaration of expectation. It's Hosanna, save, save us. The Lord saves is what is being spoken. And I encourage you to the places in your life where you are feeling pressed, where you are feeling overwhelmed, the places where you are coming, to, uh, coming up against your brokenness, coming up against the places in your life where there is disappointment, where maybe there is bondage and sin, places where there are things that are not as they should be in Christ, present in your life, that you would begin to shout Hosanna over those things. Not just come to the Lord in piety, not just come in humility. There's a place to humble yourself before the Lord and to worship. There's a place to be silent before him and allow him to speak. That there is a place, though, when we're facing those things, that we need to declare in faith that Jesus saves. Like Jesus saved, Jesus saves, and Jesus will save. And so as I'm facing this, I'm going to actually speak that. I'm going to shout Hosanna over this problem in my life. I'm going to shout Hosanna over this difficulty in my life. And that's a really hard sell to make. That's a really hard thing to do. The hardest things that, that I have had to kind of wrestle with when it comes to that type of response, when there are difficulties in my life, when it looks like there is no hope, it takes a lot of faith and a lot of courage to somehow have hope when everything says there is no hope. It takes an incredible amount of faith to shout Hosanna over the brokenness in your life where you have prayed and you have tried and you have tried to see a change and it just seems like it will never be 
different, but there is something freeing. Listen to me, there is something freeing when you can look at those things and say, Jesus' name is bigger than this. Jesus' name is bigger than whatever that thing is behind you or holding you or impeding you that you could shout Hosanna over that. And we're not gonna do that as an exercise this morning, but I would encourage you, like if you've got big challenges in your life, as Pastor Tom encouraged us as we close worship, speak the name of Jesus over those things and then shout Hosanna. And you might say, well, you know what? There's no reason to shout Hosanna right now because my circumstance, my issue of life, it is a mess. Jesus saves though. Jesus saves. And shout it out. Shout it out. You actually see that in the psalm. The invitation to come and worship, the collective call to worship, both to sing for joy and to shout aloud and extol the Lord and to worship and to bow down and to kneel before him. In between that is sandwiched who God is and what he's done. The reminder of who God is and what he's done will loosen your voice. It will, it will encourage your face. It will buttress buttress your courage to speak out about what it should be and how it should be in Christ, not just to acknowledge how it is right now in this moment, to shout an expectation. That's what Hosanna really was. When the people shouted Hosanna before Jesus, it was a shout of expectation about what he was going to do and how that was going to impact their lives. And then the last thing that you and I need to do is we need to uh, find our voice or raise our voice in a shout of victory. And this can be something that is coupled with that Hosanna, because sometimes we need to shout for a victory that hasn't come, but we believe is coming. But we certainly need to know how to celebrate the victories that we have in Christ. And so often we will face difficulties, we will have challenges, we'll even see God doing something miraculous in our life, and in that moment we'll be like, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord, and then we'll go on with our life as if that had never even happened. We need to know how to celebrate, how to shout in victory to shout about what the Lord has done. Psalm 118 verse 15 says this, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. That means that those who are his, that wherever they live and wherever they gather, there should be something about that place and that environment that erupts with shouts of joy and victory, that it should be kind of a staple characteristic of the people of God, that there should be shouts of joy and victory. And then the, what is, is quoted by the psalmist as being shouted is this, the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Now that's a mouthful, right? The Lord's mighty hand has done great things, or the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. But it's easy to shout the Lord's done great things, or great are you, Lord, or hallelujah, or hosanna. You can shorten all of those things down. But there is a shout of victory that should come from us. Sometimes we go through battles and difficulties, and listen to me, I, I understand this. Okay, there are times where you are so hard-pressed by things in life that at the point of deliverance, at the point where the Lord actually leave or brings you through, that you feel as if there's nothing even left of you to offer praise. Like I've gone through some things in my life where at the end of it, even though the Lord brought rescue and that he brought redemption, that at the end of it, I felt so threadbare that if I was standing in front of somebody, it was almost like you feel as if they could see right through you because you feel like there's nothing of you left. Listen to me, there is enough left to shout in victory. There, there is something needed 
there is something needed in those moments where we shout in victory because the Lord has done great things. The Lord has done great things. And last week we talked about worship and the way that that helps remind us of those things and it needs to be connected to. It needs to be connected to our ability to shout for joy, to make a joyful noise, to shout hallelujah, to sing hosanna, to shout hosanna over our circumstances and to trust that the Lord not only has done great things but that he will do great things as well. Worship, uh, worship team, if you guys would come forward. Church family, I'm gonna invite you to stand this morning as we close. And we've done a little bit of sing-song back and forth and kind of some call-and-response type of participation. I'm not going to call you to another one of those this morning. I'm trying to catch my breath. We were going for it this morning. But I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. See, some of you would be really prone to shout out. It would be kind of the way that you would be wired. You would be a little bit more emotive, and you'd be ready to go in that that individually it would be an easy thing to do. And so the challenge for you is to be bridled enough to gather together as a group, to all be focused in one direction. Some of you would be in a place where you're like, man, I can hardly even talk out loud, let alone shout out loud, unless I'm angry at the dog or something like that. That's a different story. But whatever would be an appropriate place for the Lord to begin to move you forward. See, you're, we're all in a different spot. We all have different needs. We all have different things that God is doing. There's an invitation for each one of us to take a step of faith forward. So, Lord, I pray that this morning that whatever step of courage and faith would be needed in each one of my friends here and those who are joining us at home, Lord, that we would say yes to that. Lord, that as we would hear your call to worship, that as we would hear your call and invitation to come and not only sing for joy, but to shout aloud and to extol you. Lord, to shout hallelujah and hosanna over our circumstances that there would be something loosed in us where there would be freedom in the name of Jesus to do that. And Lord, give us a willingness and a desire to put our collective voice together to do that as we gather, to shout in worship, to shout in praise, to shout in victory, even a victory that is in the future, Lord, that we would know that you are faithful and we can trust you, that we would be reminded of who you are and what you've done, and that that would be the motivation for worship, praise, and shouts of joy. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Action steps for you this week. Number one, I want you to pick a weekly anthem. Pick a weekly anthem, some type of upbeat praise song for you to listen to each day this week. And as you do that, even if you've got to do it on your own, praise enthusiastically and raise a shout of praise as you do.